Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast. As the year winds down this week between Christmas and New Year's, we're going to do some throwback episodes. We're going to take the week off from the podcast, regroup. We got some real powerful episodes coming out as January rolls in 2023. The podcast has just been on fire. And uh, without the support of our listeners in the community, the National Fire Radio community, we wouldn't be able to be where we are today. So I thank you all. And so as we roll into 2023, it is with our sincere gratitude and appreciation for all of you and the support we've been getting for the daily podcast that's being released. So this week, buckle up. We got some throwback episodes today. Uh, on the Monday, the 26th, Mickey Farrell. This goes back to two years ago, episode 51. On the 27th Tuesday, we're going to have Chief Joe Speranza. This goes back four years ago to episode number eight from our old school studios. Joe Speranza is a volunteer fire chief out of Hawthorne, New Jersey, and has a very powerful episode. Wednesday, the 28th, Elkhart Brass. Chris Martin and Jerry Herbst, two of the best. They know their product. They know nozzle and hose packages, and uh, they met us at our studios on our home turf, and it was a great episode. That was from three years ago in episode 48. Another throwback will be Thursday the 29th, and that will be Bobby Eckert's original interview with us. That was episode 13, and that goes back four years ago. And lastly, Friday the 30th, Steve Jason, the solid brother out of New Jersey, who I've just come to be real fond of, super smart and passionate about the fire service and his training. That's from four years ago, and that's episode 19. So this week, the 26th through the 30th, buckle up for some throwback episodes. We appreciate the support. Look for some new content coming out in January of 2023. We're mixing up the podcast. We're going to be putting out some new types of uh, episodes, so they're not just going to be guest-driven. They're also going to be um, some educational pieces and a few other things that we have worked up and uh, we got a few things up our sleeves. So buckle up, hang on. We appreciate the support. Truly, it means the world to us. And lastly, as this year winds down, we got a week left. We're doing the Taylor Tins Tin of the Month for December. I ask you now to go to taylorstins.com, order the Tiller Time Tin, which is the Tin of the Month. Money from the proceeds will go to the Lieutenant Joseph P. DiBernardo Foundation, the Joey D. Memorial Foundation. This is an organization that National Fire Radio has been partnered up with for quite a while now. They are incredible guys doing great work protecting our own through bailout systems and firefighter safety and survival. They do uh, two conferences a year now, and they are making a tremendous difference in the American Fire Service. So the Joey D. Foundation is reaping some reward from the tin of the month so please please go to taylorstin.com order your tin of the month and part of the proceeds go directly to the joey d fund anyway thank you for an absolutely wonderful year 2022 will go down in the books as a big growth year for national fire radio and myself and the crew we are just honored and elated to be able to give you and deliver content that we've been giving you and uh, without your support and listening we wouldn't have anything so we appreciate all of you Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy New Year. And we'll see you in January with some new content. And without further ado, The Daily Podcast. We talk about, oh, morale in the firehouse is always crap, and then we get a fire, and everything's better for a couple weeks. Well, it's better because we're talking about fire again. Right? Yeah, you're right. Right? Like, it's not, it's not so much that morale is terrible on the amount of automatic alarms and, and, and water leaks and, and service calls. Right. But it's just because when that fire happens, it reinvigorates the spirit in everybody to start talking about fire again. Yeah. And the challenge is the engagement. The challenge is on the everyday when we are chasing the bullshit calls in between going to fires, right? Whether fires are up or down, <clears throat> we still have a job to do. And fires seem to make things easier for all of us. But I think fire is the medium that creates the conversation. Some kids I could give two shits about if they do it or not because they're not in it for the right reasons or right. they don't have that drive and desire and passion or want to be able to do it the way the other kid does. And so we'll boost up the ones that are like-minded, right? We, we want to support everyone, but ultimately at the end of the day, we want our own. We want guys that want to work. We want guys that get it. We want guys that understand all the other stuff, right? If the fires are just the, the bonus... 
then you have to fall in line, comply, and understand the rest of the job. Hey everybody, it's Rob National Fire Radio. We're here in the studio today with Top Floor Tactics, the one and only Mike Farrell, and joining us, Jeremy Yo. and Tucker. What's going on? What's going on, Mike? Hey, brother. I'm all right. Thanks for Thanks having for me. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us, pal. This is uh, this has been good, man. We uh, we had Brian Butler in the studio earlier tonight, and we like to try to get two in because I love the interaction between guys in between podcasts, right? So we have the six o'clock and then usually we do like an eight or nine o'clock. And usually there's an overlap where, you know, we'll we'll sit around and talk. And so I know you guys have worked on previous projects together. You guys do the firefighter walks in the bar or two firefighters walk in the bar. Great training idea and great way to get the message out there um, and so on. So I know you've been a part of that. Brian's been a rock star. He was on the show earlier. He did a great job with us. Um, and so on. But I just want to welcome you, man. Thank you for joining Absolutely. us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, putting your trust in us and having you here. Um, we really want to dive into your past. I mean, you are a third generation fireman, as I was told. And I just want to like maybe hit on your your story a little bit and then uh, take sure. it to today. Because today, Top Floor Tactics on, uh, on Instagram, man, you're putting out some fantastic nuggets. And um, I think you're making the fire service better every single time you put a post out. So I thank you for that. Thank you. But let's get there, man. So give me the give me a little bit of background. Where did we come from? All right. Well, I guess I grew up in the firehouse. I don't can't remember a day in my life where I was not in the firehouse. <laughs> I love that. And um, I'm sure many can relate <laughs> to that. Uh, it's family business. But my grandfather, he was uh, the captain of two truck in Hoboken. Uh, back in old Hoboken. Yeah. Back back when they're doing sure. some work. Oh, uh, absolutely. And. Um, my dad, he kind of took the took the uh, the lead after that, and he was a longtime volunteer up in Northwest Jersey. Um, I used to sit with them, talk fires when I was a kid, not really understanding what was going on, but always a part of it. I love and, that. And we always talked tactics. We weren't talking about wet downs or or whatever right. the yeah. the um, that what what people think is the volunteer fire service really was never that in in my, in my home at least. It was always talking tactics and. That made me fall in love with the job, realizing that um, it's more than parades and it's more than than competitions and trophies. It's about putting fires out yeah. on every level in every <clears throat> town and every city. So um, I joined the volunteers when I was 18, um, knowing automatically that I wanted to be the biggest, most crazy fireman in the world because of that. And uh, the process of becoming a, a fireman, as we all know, with, with uh, civil service is difficult. Yeah. So that absolutely. was, I think I lost years off my life trying to get this job. <laughs> but um, it's a job to get the job. I mean, that's what we tell yeah, every single kid in my firehouse that wants to get on the job. And we put out a lot of them. You got to go live that year or two and do, you got to, you got to employ yourself to go get that job. Absolutely. Yeah. So I did what I had to do. And uh, eventually I became a fireman in New York City. And nice. that was my long life dream. And it happened. Um, it's been great. So, and how many, how long ago was that, Mick? Uh, well, I started in 1995 okay. with the, with the volunteer, yeah, and that didn't last long. In and out of that, um, realized where I wanted to go with my passion. Just picked up my life and moved to New York City, yeah. and was bartending and doing that type of thing until uh, until the dream came true. Nice. Um, and then I've been there for almost 19 years in the city, and still going. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, I mean, fast forward, right? So all these years there, and then here you are today sitting in our studio. And the reason why you're here, I mean, you know, there's so many great firefighters all over this country, and it's going to be impossible to meet them all and, and, and learn everybody's story. I hope we can, but it's impossible, right? But the reason how we found out about you was through conversation. And, and since we're a social media content page, and we like to spread the good word, and we like to find guys that share that similar passion, right? I mean, I think it's so important to align yourselves with good people. We say it all the time. You surround yourself with good people, good things are going to happen. Absolutely. And this fire service, this job, if you will, volunteer career, there's good and there's bad. And um, and I like to surround myself with the good. And I and you're certainly in that circle. And we, um, we had a fantastic conversation. Uh, we bumped into each other at a fireman walks into the bar seminar. Yes. Um, seminar. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah. uh, but um, yeah, <laughs> event. And uh, no Beetlejuice there. That's sidebar. We'll talk about that later. But 
Um, which we'll call it. But we, we ended up having a fantastic conversation and I really just settled in with the fact that like this is a guy that I'd love to just, you know, do a beer with and catch a conversation and, and learn about you and uh, and so on. But you started an Instagram page that I think is highly regarded by a lot of people that get it. Um, and it's called Top Floor Tactics on Instagram. And I, I think um, before we went on camera, we started talking about that a little bit. And I said, how much time goes into your post? How much time goes into, you know, what you're doing? Because you're putting out a lot of information based on your experience your knowledge, your tactics, and so on. And and I think you bring in a tremendous value. I mean, maybe you can hit on that a little bit. Like, how did you get there? How did how did you decide that you wanted to start a page to start educating others based on your experiences? Sure, yeah, good question. Um, well, you and I did speak. Yeah. And um, so I've had a tremendous career, and I've met the, the best firemen in the world. And not only the best firemen, but the, but the best guys in the world, really. And every firehouse is great, no matter where you go. And... Uh, but honestly, I kind of hit a low. I hit 15 years in the job, living my dream. Still, like, this is the best job in the world. But I hit a low. Uh, I, think, I think it happens to the best of them. And, uh, and, and I admit, I was at a low point in my career where I was thinking about just, all right, let me get out of this. Five more years and I'm done. I'm out of here. And I remember in my garage, the back cave, down the back cave, <laughs> and uh, the raccoon <clears throat> saloon, and... Um, Scrolling through uh, some social media stuff, and I came across uh, YouTube, and I was watching, actually, believe it or not, an old, uh, those VHF video tapes that I was talking about earlier about my dad and my dad. I remember those. Yes, right? So (laughs) it's now on to, uh, it was on YouTube, and I was watching it, and it was an old uh, FDNY thing from, like, the 80s, and they were riding along or whatever, and um, it ended, and I scrolled through it, and up pops your beautiful face. <laughs> and I'm like, who is this clown? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I, <laughs> National Fire Radio. My wife says this? every day. Absolutely. Who's this clown? I'm like, what is National Fire Radio? So I click on it and uh, it was actually, I think it was the Bobby Eckerd uh, yeah. episode. And I'm like, this seems pretty good. This guy seems good. What's, what is all this? You know? So then I started watching all of them. I said, there's, there's a whole little world out there I didn't know existed. And I think maybe that was my, my low point in the career was, that Watching you, us? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Thank you, Tucker. No, but yeah. that's what they paid me big bucks <laughs> for. <laughs> but the Zero low dollars. point that I hit where I felt like, like I grew up like punk rock, skateboarding, yeah. band torn all over, like living the like the, the rock star party life. You know, that's what I was doing. That's what I wanted to do. But I always wanted to be a fireman. That was always was here, you know. The music thing was just kind of for fun. But that lifestyle was amazing. And to find it in the fire service, which it totally blew my mind because I, I saw Bobby's act and Bobby that does have a good act and he's in there going crazy. And I'm like, this is, this is pretty good stuff. So I put national fire radio on Instagram. The never followed a fire department, uh, Instagram account or Facebook ever until I found you guys about a year ago. That's wild. And wow. put that on and then you start seeing, and then all the feeds start happening. And then I find uh, firefighter proving grounds. Right. Who was tremendous. Yep. Tremendous. So, that leads with the first two ones I followed. And then I find out there's this whole subculture of this society of firefighting that I'm like, I can be a part of this, man. I, I, I can really get into this. I like that. And over the years, I, I was keeping notes always. So when you're a young fireman, you used to keep these probing notebooks. I love that. Talk about that. Yeah. And, but they, you know, they come and go. And the kids that aren't into the job, they just copy the other guy's notes. right? But the ones that love the job, they actually put content into it. I kept mine going for 19 years, and I still keep it going. Wow. And that's where a lot of these posts come from. So you see how long the posts take. They take a tremendous time. It's taken 19 years. Absolutely. I love that, man. But when I actually sit down the right one, I put probably at least two weeks into it because I, I want to make sure it's right. And I want to research it in the sense where research it from past experiences. And if something that I'm not positive, I reach out to the right guys to make sure it's right because I don't want it ever to come back that something was wrong or I misspoke something because – when you're talking tactics, it's 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 the real deal. Like, I love it. There's no fluff on my page, so yep. that's why I think it took a long time for me—not a long time, but it was kind of slower with for me to get the followers or whatever it is to to get out there because I'm I'm talking true tactics. So there's no fluff, and I think that's what makes my Instagram a little bit different than the others. You know, well, don't construe followers as as a judge of how good you are, or how great your page is, because I can tell you this. 
you know, it's all about engagement. And when you throw up one of your posts, man, like you can tell it's well thought out, it's articulate, it's to the point, and it's really doing a service for the fire service. And when you look at engagement, that's what's most important, man. It's all about the engagement. It's all about what people are taking from that, how many shares, how many, like how many people are just jumping on board and wanting to talk about it. When you can, when you have a page or content that fires people up, that that makes them want to talk about the job in a good light, you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I mean that's what it is, right? Yeah. I mean ultimately, and and I think it's great. I think you know I love the fact that you keep a journal. I just started keeping one when I started National Fire Radio. I never ever thought I would do something like that in my life. I don't like to read. I'm an audio book guy. If I ever have to read, I'm an audio book guy, and and so on. And I just I. It's just not who I am. I don't learn that way and so on. But the journal, man, I, I learned that from watching people and understanding, you know, guys that carry these little books with them and just write a note every once in a while or some thoughts. And, and I started doing that. Um, and I'll tell you, I flip back to it and I look at it and I go, man, there's some good nuggets in here, you know? Yeah. Things I like to talk about. I used to do these, like, uh, simple uh, Sunday night review videos and so on. And it really just came down to things that were on my mind that I wanted to talk about. And, but you forget those things, you know? So that journal's great. Rob, when we were in Texas... Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, the guy ago, from Texas with the, with the notebook. It was a young kid there. He's yeah. probably on a job for, what, less than a year? If that. And they said he said part of coming out of the private class was to keep a journal. And he sat there, and it was so cool to watch him because after he got done with the hands-on training, he sat down at lunch, he opened his journal, and he just jotted down some notes, you know? Um, after uh, Ray McCormick gave his class, he sat there and he just jotted down a few notes. And it was just refreshing to see. And I, to there, me... There was a point out on the training ground and I think it was Rich Stack and Mike Dugan. And he said, hold on, I got to write that down real quick. I have this book. And Richie was like, what? And like, and and Mike was like, yeah, I wish I kept a book for my whole career. And like, and it, and like it, it was just funny to watch because everybody else was like, he's writing something down. But then, like, these two rock stars of the industry to be like, that's awesome. And they just, like, they were like, yeah, go take a minute and write it down. And, then, you know, and yeah. he, all right, I got it. I'm sorry. And, he, and and they were like, you don't need to apologize for that. And I, I just thought yeah. that was such a cool. I agree. Great, a cool thing to, to, uh, to watch. Same thing, right? You know? I mean, it's the same thing is, you know, so much happens, right? I mean, you know, for being a, a city fireman, right? I don't care what city you're in. You have a lot of exposure and experiences, right? And and I think it's cool to value each one and give it the attention it deserves. So that's cool, man. So what so what else you what else you got cooking? I mean, you're doing some of these uh fireman walks into a bar conversations with Brian Butler, right? To start yeah. getting the message out there a little bit. You wanna hit on some of that? Yeah, there's I mean, Brian's tremendous with his information. He's one of the smartest guys I've ever met. And um and I mean that, I really do. Not yeah, like yeah. sitting in the room I hear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do mean that. I mean, he goes from vacants to, to trains to sure. rails to some marine fires. He does them all. Wow. I want to hear that one. I like it. But, <laughs> they hit it hard from the yard tactic uh, on that one. It's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but for some reason, Brian allowed me to, to kind of ride his coattails into this, into this not industry, but into the scene of, of speaking. I'm never much, I was never really a speaker. I'm still not. I'm more like, obviously, I'm more into writing and, and, and like literature, to that side of the psychological side of the job, if you want to call it. But um, I feel like there's a huge disconnect in the, in the entire service where not everyone gets to go to that, that, that all-star busy firehouse or that volunteer house that has the senior guys that are sitting on the bumper or the Sunday mornings like we talked earlier. Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It's good, I guess in the good places it does, but not everyone has the opportunity. And with that, these kids that are coming out of the academy now, there's, there's a huge disconnection between the fire academy and what you learned because, of course, instructors are governed to teach a certain way. And that's, you have to check the boxes, and I understand that. But that gray area where the disconnection is from there to the fire floor, and there's a lot to be said between the fire academy and the fire floor. As simple things as ladder angles, fly in, fly out, um, how to cut a roof. They teach you how to start a saw, right? And, and count the, the teeth on the blade, but they don't really tell you how to cut a, cut a roof and where to cut a roof and why to cut a roof. Or if you pull up and there's no fire, where do you determine where to cut that hole? So these things that, all these dots have to be connected and uh, there's, a, there's a huge loss in that. So I'm trying to bring that 
to these young firefighters that are motivated and connect the dots for them. Because like, like I said, they, they don't, not every firehouse has that good senior guy anymore. And so unfortunately, through social media and we, you know, everyone talks about the social media and how bad it is for the fire service in general. And yeah, there, it is pretty bad on some levels. Sure. But, um, the senior man's global. It's right here. This is the senior man now. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's pretty powerful. So I just think by Instagram, not Facebook, but if you, if you navigate through Instagram and you find the people that are out there that are doing the right thing and even, even the best are checking their resources, making sure it's the right content. Yeah. And, that's it. I, I just think that's what it's about, you know. I love the I love the senior man comment because um, you know, in you mentioned, you know, uh volunteers and, and not everybody has the ability to be in that busy house or that department that has a senior man that can guide them. And you know, I think uh, you know, listening to your story earlier where you grew up in a house with two senior men. Yeah. And you guys talk shop. You know, it wasn't fluff, it was you talk tactics, you talked firefighting. And I think, you know, I think a lot of that's missing these days. I don't think a lot of kids have that influence um, like maybe you had. And so, and, and you went through it, right? You went from the volunteer ranks to a career department and, you know, seeing the differences and seeing that, you know, I'm in a slower department here. Now I'm in a busy urban department here and the disconnect between the two, but how do we bridge that gap? Exactly, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's powerful. Um, I think it's super powerful. And I, I love the fact that you mentioned that you didn't know this whole other world existed. Yeah, it changed my life. It really did. Like, so. I take it for granted. I take it for granted. I mean, I'm a volunteer fireman. I love talking about firefighting. It's passion. Should have been a career guy. Had the opportunity. Didn't do it. It's okay. I had other things going on in my world, right? But I still have this incredible passion for the fire service. And I always will. Like, I just love it. I love talking shop. I love talking, you know, taxi. I love, we talked about it earlier, just going to fires. Like who doesn't love going to fires? And so there's all of that. And I, I think that um, there's so much talent out there that could be able to spread their message and, you know, talk to this new generation or the next generation or the generation after them. Because once you put this content out, top, top floor tactics isn't going anywhere. It will be there forever. forever. It's kind of like what, we're doing a national fire radio. These podcasts, as long as there's a social platform out there, our content will be available for my grandkids, my great grandkids, my great, great grandkids to see. Yeah. And it's leaving a legacy. And I think that's hugely important. So. Yeah. And that's a big part when, uh, when I did find this, this underground world that existed, I think that's what was holding me back. I think that's what was holding me back mentally, maybe in the firehouse was like, I wanted to sit on the couch with my grandfather and my dad and talk tactics, but it wasn't happening. People were in the phones. They were watching movies and stuff. That's what happens. That's what we all do. Of course. But I was missing that. And then I found it and I was like, it kind of gave me a rebirth. And honestly, guys, I want to thank you. Yeah. I, I swear to God. I, I, thank it you. sounds cheesy and I'm going to own it. But, no. but, you, but you guys saved my career and you brought me back into this world. And I want to thank you for that. Wow. And um, my man, when you, when you shared that story with Rob and I in Poughkeepsie yeah. that night, we walked away from that. I called him on the way home and he's on his way home. I'm on my way home and I called him and I have to tell you, man, out of, out of two years of doing this, like that was one of the biggest and best moments I've ever had in, in two years. And well, I, mean, I, I, well, I, and it, I value that to the day I die because all we want to do here is just talk about the good. We want to, we want to highlight how good the fire service is. And if we can make an impact along the way, big or small, it's an impact, you know? Um, Brian talked about it earlier, and I, I keep bringing him up because he's here with us still. But Brian brought it up earlier. He gets a lot of direct messages. I'm sure you get a ton of messages on your content too about, hey, man, we did this. What do you think of that? Like, we have and are carrying a responsibility, all of us. If you're willing to put your content out there and talk talk the game and talk whatever, we do tradition and culture. You do truck company work. Brian Butler does engine company work. You know, uh, Matt does boogie down truck. Like, all these guys have their pages, right? Like, and as long as you're willing to put out the good, right? People are engaged, but you got to be you, and 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 you're leaving a legacy. And it's I about think helping that, the brotherhood, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. But I love the legacy yeah. comment and and I conversation because the fire service is built on legacy. Yeah. Fire companies, right? Individuals. I mean, we all have those couple guys that their names stick out, whether in your own firehouse that they mold and shaped you as you came up through the ranks as a senior man. 
you're like, oh, I remember that guy. I remember this guy, right? I feel bad for kids that DM me and go, I don't have any senior guys in my firehouse. Yeah. yeah. I don't have any, I don't have anybody that wants to train. I don't have a, I have a chief that's been there for 30 years. How many, how many messages have we gotten? And it's, we, we would have lost count 10 times over now of, of, of these messages coming through or even just the, what do I do? Like, I, I feel like I'm annoying everybody and I'm just trying to make myself better. And it's like, you know, and you're just, I, 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 I'm like, well, I, there's a, I'm up to Poughkeepsie. I have a place for you to come work at. Like, I'd love, I'd love to have this kind of attitude here. Like, you know. Yeah, it's, it's infectious. And, and I think just to bring it back around, I mean, that's what we do. That's what you do, right? We want to put out content that wants to make this job better. Yeah. And you asked where were the top four tactics. Well, what yeah. made me do that was when I found this, 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 this world that you guys created that, that was going on, I realized that, well, I've had this world for years. Yep. But there was no one in it. It was just me. And, and my dad, we still bounced ideas off each other. And some core guys that I worked with, you know. But really, I didn't realize there was a whole thing going on on here. So I said to myself, like, I have this notebook. Why can't I just take some of these ideas and throw them out there and see Hell what yeah. happens? Hell yeah. So I slowly built it. It's funny. I blocked all the guys that I know originally because I didn't want to see me doing it. You know? <laughs> and, then, and then they find out. <laughs> then they find out and they're like, like, what the fuck, man? You know, yeah. Why are you holding this back from us? And honestly, I guess maybe it was a little bit, you know, you're scared what people think of you. I mean, of and anyone who says they're not, I think they're full of shit. But you have to outgrow that. And I think with with confidence and time and experience and more importantly, things that have been passed on from different generations down, why hold that back? Why hold that word legacy away from the young guys? Because yeah. that's what's missing. Absolutely. Yeah. It really is. And you said it too, right here. I mean, this is playing such a big part of what we are today and how this younger generation learns. Let's put this to use on the good end. Yeah. Let's use this for guys like yourself and the others to get that message out. That is the positive message. So that kid in Minnesota that doesn't have a senior man in his firehouse that gives a shit, at yeah. least he has an outlet to seek out content that will help him be a better fireman and inherently a better person. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, right there, like, when you we talk about your content and you, you and Brian both, like, one of the things that I – was just very pleased with was you guys came up and you had examples from the area that you were, you were in. And like, I mean, Brian had a, had a building we burned down at one point, I think. Right. And then you had a supermarket. Um, and like, like a supermarket is everywhere. Like I don't know many places yeah. that they don't have them. So for me, I, I looked at that content and I was just like, what? No, you're good. All right. Tucker's <laughs> smirking over here. I'm going to smack it now. But you, look, you you threw that content out there, and all of a sudden, like, it just started clicking in my head. And I'm yeah. like, this, this this makes sense. I've never thought about this scenario before because I haven't had this scenario presented to me. Yeah, well, if you think about it, um, every Main Street in America has that, that little strip of stores. Like, me and Brian were talking about it last night, and I talk about it often that I get DMs and stuff. Oh, I like your content, but... I don't, I don't live in, I don't work in an urban area or I live in a very rural department. Well, even the most rural towns in America, you have a main street. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. pretty much main street USA is urban fire tactics. When you, you break it down, the tax we're not talking, we're not talking, okay, you not know, a million vacants and yeah. all that stuff, but you have flat roofs that have to be cut mm -hmm. doors that have to be forced, um, long stretches in the basements and ceilings that have to get pulled. So like, these are things that are happening in Colorado in a small town as well as any other city on the East coast. Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. So I think, um, I, I think something really cool too. Um, when we were talking earlier about your lineage, right. And just understanding, you know, we talk about legacy. We you're the outlet you give, right. You were seeking something, right. 15 years in you hit a lull, you were seeking something like, hey, man. And then you said before that this world existed and you came and found this world and you realized that you were living in that world but by yourself. What, an, what a profound conversation because how many kids are living in that world by themselves right now? Right? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that want to better themselves. They want to find an outlet. I mean, this is... I have I, my kids at home. I have young, My youngest just turned 12. Like... They have friends one day, they don't have friends the next day, right? right. Like they yeah. have this, they have that, right? And everybody's seeking something. And 
Um, I, I think it's pretty profound that, you know, 15 years in a busy urban department, and then you come to realize, like, hey, man, I was seeking more. Like, I was missing the connections. I was missing the conversations. I was missing the engagement. And that's happening everywhere. And I, I just, I, I'm super happy to hear stories like that, that it, it comes back around. Because we talk a lot on National Fire Radio about the senior man. Um, and 19 years on a job, I consider you a very senior man in your position, right? You might have guys still in your house that have 20 years, 25 years. I got a guy who's got 40 years. So. 40 years. Wow. Hot damn, He's man. still the first one dressed every run. Nice. That's outstanding. Yeah. I love that. I love that. But 19 years in the job, you bring plenty to the table. And so the content you're putting out represents that. But I think there's something to be said for that. Um, and I, I just, I, I get so excited when I hear stories like that because there's so many guys that leave taking it with them. They leave disgruntled. They, they leave not into the job. Like when, they, when you walk into the firehouse on the first day, you said you wanted to be a fireman and you were there because you wanted to be. You did everything you could to be that fireman. And then you get there and then after all those years, you, you're going to leave not in the same position. Not yeah. the same, you know? I mean, for me, that's a struggle. I have a hard time. I hate I hate those conversations. And I don't care if it's career or volunteer, man. People are people are leaving this business and taking everything with them, leaving nothing behind and leaving disgruntled. And I, I think I've said it before. When we went up to West Point, there was a guy that has been retired for maybe 10 years that came in and showed us all kinds of pictures. And they say he's around the firehouse all the time. Right. This is fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's what should be happening all over the place. Alumni should be coming back and should, you know, hey, you know, remember when we had, let me pull out a picture. This was an awesome fire, and here's how we did it. And people learn from that. Yeah. And that's what, a lot of that's missing. And it, it disappears when the guy's retired. You know, the argument now people are saying is that the workload is down. But there was a great podcast I heard, uh, Old School, uh, a chief of my department retired guy john stalker you can say his name sure um and uh rick uh, lasky right um great podcast but i just listened to one the other day and they were talking about that spike in the 70s and how that gets factored in now to the workload when in reality we're probably doing more work than we are now if you take that that out of the equation right so if you take the workload from forever without that spike in the, in the you know, warriors yeah then we're probably doing more work now so I think that whole argument that the work's down, so morale's down, I don't really buy into that, really. You know? I don't know. Well, and I mean, we've talked to people who do live-in programs, and they're not busy departments, but they have a culture, and it's what makes the live-in program successful in, in these firehouses, is that they have the kids motivated. They're talking about fire. It's like that whole, you know, is there a fire in your life? But they're actually inserting it, making it a priority. Yeah. And they're not doing more than 200 calls a year, but yet they have a successful college living program and the guys want to be there and they're, you know, 100% into that department, you know, as they're going to school, whatever else, you know, so like going along those lines, like I can't say that like, Hey, like, you know, fires are down, some morale's down. I think it's about the culture, that leadership and we all kind of work together. And, and we've talked about that before with some places in Texas that um, I think it was either Texas or Colorado where they have brand new firehouses and there's no culture. And you have to build that, and they have to find that someplace. And there's nothing there yet. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Go ahead, Rob, because I, I have some deep thoughts going on about this topic and playing with it in my head. But, I mean, where, where I was thinking of going, I mean, you guys went in two different directions, and, uh, and I like that. I mean, culture is so hugely important to to the everyday, right? I mean, you know, we want to we want to surround ourselves with the people we want to be with. We want to go to fires that are with people that are like-minded and want to go to fires. We talk about, oh, morale in the firehouse is always crap, and then we get a fire, and everything's better for a couple weeks. Well, it's better because we're talking about fire again. Right? Yeah, you're right. Right? Like, it's not, it's not so much that morale is terrible on the amount of automatic alarms and, and, and water leaks and, and service calls, Right. But it's just because when that fire happens, it reinvigorates the spirit in everybody to start talking about fire again. Yeah. And the challenge is the engagement. The challenge is on the everyday when we are chasing the bullshit calls in between going to fires, right? Whether fires are up or down, <clears throat> we still have a job to do. And fires seem to make things easier for all of us. 
But I think fire is the medium that creates the conversation. And I think part of what we need to do is ensure that we're provoking conversation, mm -hmm. which goes back, Mickey, to what you hit on before about trying to fill that void of finding conversation. Yeah. It's as simple as, like, the football team, right? They practice every day for the game, right? The big game. But then when Sunday comes, there's no game. So how long are you really going to stay motivated to go to practice? When you know Sunday, big game's coming, game's canceled again. Right. So, like you said, the conversation – cooking together, prepping the meal together, talking about life, family, you know, jokes. That's, that's what the job really is. The fire is just a bonus. The brotherhood is actually the job. I like that. <clears throat> yeah, I like that that's, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's accurate. It's accurate, you know? I mean, the reason why I enjoy it, I, I enjoy watching others succeed. I enjoy boosting others up. I enjoy watching this kid grow, mature, and become a good fireman. I like putting that kid on the nozzle for his first time and being there to watch that. Those are great. Those are great experiences, yeah. right? And as a as a guy that's been doing it a little while now, I I truly cherish those moments. Some kids I could give two shits about if they do it or not because they're not in it for the right reasons right. or they don't have that drive and desire and passion or want to be able to do it the way the other kid does. And so we'll boost up the ones that are like minded, right? We we want to support everyone, but ultimately at the end of the day, we want our own. We want guys that want to work. We want guys that get it. We want guys that understand all the other stuff, right? If the fires are just the, the bonus, then you have to fall in line, comply, and understand the rest of the job. Yep. More importantly, fires. you have to learn to love the job. Yeah. And then the fires become bonus. If yeah. not, then you're, you're chasing it's, something that It's that, that whole firehouse find. culture. It's the whole yeah. thing. It's not just going to the big game or playing in the big game. Yeah. It's the whole deal. Was that easy for you? I mean, being a third generation fireman, right? It's kind of like instilled. I'm, I have generational firemen before me, right? I grew up in a fireman's house, right? I mean, that's all I knew. It's all I know. My kids, this is all they know. It's all I know, yeah. This is all they know, right? And my daughters, I mean, I have, I have a son and three daughters. My son lives in Hoboken, and he works in a city, and he's not going to be a fireman anytime soon, I can assure you. My second, Kendra, she's not going to be a firefighter, but Paige and Lily, 13 and 12, they might be some kick-ass firefighters. I mean, I would put them probably on the line against anybody down yeah. the road. You know what I mean? I mean, this is all they know. Yeah. You know, but they also see the other part. They also know when they walk in the firehouse, everybody knows their name and they know everybody. There's engagement, right? You engage and you want to be a part of it. Um, and it's it truly is a lifestyle. Yes. You know, it's a lifestyle, but I also think, uh, you know, as I said, I was listening to something before I came down here. There's uh, humans are naturally, we want to like interact and, and network with people. And I think today we're, you know, we, I said it before, like we went from a front porch culture to a privacy bench uh, culture and we're starting to see that in the firehouse. And it's like breaking down those barriers because you're, you give that example of like your firehouse and how people know the names, but like, I know, you know, I, I've been to firehouses where people walk in and I'm like, oh, who's, who, who's that? It's like, oh, it's, um, that's Jimmy's kids. And I'm like, oh, what's their names? I don't know. Like, and I, and I think to myself, I'm like, how do you not know that the guy you're working with? How do you not know his kids' names? Like, God forbid something happens. Like, you better be the one like going up there to be like, hey, like, you know, like we're, we're here to take you to the house or whatever, like to deliver bad news or good news. But like, they don't even know who the crew is that they're working with, like what, who their family is, you know? Now take that, take that to the fire floor. The fire floor is a very intimate place, right? So that's where family takes place. That's where the brothers are. So if you don't take the time to know all your coworkers or your brother's kids, why would you make that extra push in to get them, right? If they're just coworkers, it's got to be a family. Take the time, go to the picnics, go to the dinner dances, know the wife's names, right? That's what it's all about. I think it also lends to... I, when you say fire floor, it's it's all of it, right? Because the fire ground, yeah. it makes you, but it also makes you accountable for your actions. It makes you accountable for your position, right? Where you come from, everybody is is well oriented in their position and what their job is at any fire, right? And just because you're not on that fire floor, but you're on the roof, making your inspections and your cuts and doing it correctly, right? Giving the correct reports from the rear and all that stuff. Those things all add to the big picture to make sure that your family is taken care of inside.
outside, oh. top side, street side, right? And so there has to be that that care for the job, that care for the position. And when it's time to go, you're ready to go. I mean, that 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 has a lot to do with it, right? Yeah. I, I think when you said too before, like when we use the term, like on the, you know how you say like the fire floor is very intimate and that's where our family is, um, and it's not a coworker. Like, you know, if I went into any office building and I pulled the fire alarm maliciously, like everybody gets up and they exit the building. Like, we've all been in the scenarios where we've been pulled out of fires before, and every time that it's happened to me, the officer has like physically grabbed us and been like. Jeremy Tucker, let's go. Like yeah. that, that it's not the fire alarm getting pulled and everyone's like, all right, let's exit out the building. And I think that's like, that's a fundamental difference. And we really, I, I think that we really need to hammer home, home on that sometimes in the firehouse, because especially for those people who like, it's a, an analogy maybe to use, I don't know, but we, they, they are not like, this is not coworkers. This is our, you know, our, our yeah. families and our brothers and it's where it's extended. We're not just leaving them. That Harrisburg video the other day. Yeah. Right. So that just, I don't know, it just kind of popped into my head because they were doing everything right. And when you hear the story of the, of the guy up in the attic, third floor space, who orientated, found the window, and knew that was going to be his way out. Yeah. Right? Those guys, there was no hesitation. They knew their job. They threw those ground ladders. They threw them well. You could tell that the guy that exited that top floor knew how to exit quickly, but he was patient and calm and reserved. And that's what you expect, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's what we need to have. Yeah. And for any young firefighter that has seen that, who's new out of the academy, that's a great example. Understand, ladder angle does not matter. Flying and fly out does not matter. Just get the window to the sill and get the brother out. Because portable ladders, most times, are for the brothers. Yeah, there's times where you get somebody hanging out the window, right? And you throw them up and grab them. That's great. But how many times do you see a fireman coming out of a portable by himself, right? Throw them up. Throw what the flow is the company is advancing. Don't throw them behind it. And throw ladders with purpose. That's the huge thing. So you can you can go over portable ladders constantly. Two-man raise, three-man raise. All the stuff you learn in the fire academy. Right? And it's great. Like I said, we're, we're governed to teach the probies the right way. But you have to take that as not even the senior guy, but the guy that just knows. The painter, maybe. Right? The roofer. You don't have to be this great senior fireman. It's a guy who works with ladders. Right. It's a tool. Be physical with it. And understand the limitations of it. You can pass that on. It's the next generation. So. One of the, you know, you say like you talk about the trades. One of the coolest things that I watched was uh, we took go back to our Texas thing. We talked about um, content and that what the video that we shot with uh, Rich Stack on uh, like putting the, the ladder on the angle for the peak. Yeah. And one of the I started looking into all of the comments and all of the shares, and there were there were people who clean gutters, who paint houses who like other trades yeah. that were like, Hey, thanks for sharing that because I've, you know, they like, just are like, I won't fall off now <laughs> like I did last week. And it was, you know, like, so just kind of tap it into that. I like think that the whole, if the craze yeah. or the fire one, they, they make most firefighters, young firefighters bad with portable ladders, mm -hmm. portable. But like you said, you get the gutter guy, the roofer guy, the painter, they throw ladders around like it's the, like it's yeah. nobody's business. Right. Yep. You give those guys an application. I'd rather work with those guys than half the guys coming out right now. You know? I love watching, um, you know, being prevalent on social media and, and Instagram in particular. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, truck culture seems to run the gamut these days um, in the fire service, right? We don't talk a lot about engine company work as much as that truck work, that truck culture, right? What? I get it, right? I, I get it. But I still think the best position on the fire ground is on the nozzle. Absolutely. And then everything else after that is, you know, second fiddle, Right. But not everybody gets to be on that knob. So, you know, we guys love going to the roof. Guys love uh, forcing entry. And, you know, everywhere you go on social media, it's doors being popped on a simulator. It's guys cutting with saws, right? Which is great because you're getting the reps in and, and they're doing the right thing and, and so on. But I love seeing departments that offer their own in-house, like, probie class or training. Yeah. I love seeing departments that subscribe to their methodology and not rest on the laurels of some state or county or local academy to pump out your firefighters. You know, when you look at a department that's disciplined in throwing ground ladders, right? Let's talk about ground ladders. When, when you see a department that's disciplined in doing it, it looks second nature to them. Yeah. It looks like it's so commonplace. At, not so disagreeing no, with no, you, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'll tell you one thing, like I'm at fault just as much as, as most people are that we don't do it enough. You know, we, it's, it's not, um, 
it hasn't been the priority that it needs to be. And so for me, I look at it and say, we need to train and work harder on that. And number two, right? The influence of that on social media, that's where it's powerful. Yeah. Right? Because years and years ago, we would have never have seen that. We would never have understood that in parts of Delaware and Pennsylvania and Maryland and all other areas, right? They throw ground ladders and they throw them to every single windowsill there is, right? And so now the power of Instagram and Facebook or whatever allows us to understand that, hey, man, there's more to it than throwing one on the A side, one on the back side, and maybe one or two on the, the B and D if we get to it. You yeah. know what I mean? And that was par for the course for a very long time mm-hmm. and still is in a lot of areas, you know? So I think that's that's a big growth area too um, and, and taking advantage of um, social and the influences that it can have. I think there's a fine line there you have to walk though where sometimes there's too many portables. You know, they always say that you, you can never have enough ladders in the building. Well, you can when you have six guys throwing portable ladders and the line's not, not in operation. Absolutely. So, and that happens mm-hmm. all the time. Prioritize, yeah. absolutely. And I think that happens a lot of times because these young firemen come in and they don't know where to fit in on the fire ground, right? I always like to say, um, be a lion, not a sheep. Be aggressive, know where to fit in. It's as simple as committee work in the firehouse, right? I like that. Thursday night at the firehouse, whatever you guys do, you know, you work night in, in, in the uh, volunteer world. It's um, you sweep in the, the floor, right? Instead of grabbing the room and sweeping next to the guy, Go get the mop bucket. Yep. Yeah. Right. Be one yeah. step ahead of them. That's going to make you a great fireman, knowing where to fit in. A good fireman, yeah. You put a lot of fires out, put a lot of steel on sports order. Yeah, I'm a good fireman. But being a great fireman knows when where to fit in on the fire ground. What the next step is going to be. Arriving there, second, third dude truck, and seeing what's going on, and saying, okay, this, this, this is done, but that was missed. Let me get that. Not just going up there and saying, oh, that guy's cutting uh, a hole. He's having trouble. I'm going to start my own hole. Hope the guy cut the hole. Yeah. That's a great fireman. How do Mick, how do we teach initiative? How do we instill, like, that's one of my struggles that I find, right? Is that, and I think it stems from societal things today. And then it, it just snowballs into the firehouse, right? Because, you know, I look at like, uh, you know, my own kids and how they act on certain things. And I have great children and polite, please and thank you kids and so on. And they're not brats by any means. They're just fantastic kids. But some of their some of their reasoning skills and common sense things, I look at them and I go, "What? Where are you coming from?" Yes, yeah, yeah, right. And then take that to the fire ground. We teach the basics, right? We check the like you said, check the boxes, right? Then we get them in house. We give them a little bit of our own tutelage, but it takes time and experience to teach, to train them to be able to take initiative. My concern is is how do we competently teach initiative? And I ask a lot of people that conversation because firefighting inherently is all about initiative, right? It's we give you the tools and we give you the training, but now you in your own mindset have to know when to apply both. I don't think it's something you can teach. I think it's, it's hard, something right? I, I think it's something that's either inside you or it's not. I, I don't I think everyone can be a fireman. I think this is a unique thing we have. And um I agree everybody with everybody wants to be a fireman. I, dude, right? you totally hit it out of the park. Mm-hmm. I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. I have the same, very, very same reasoning. Same reason why there's awesome firemen, great firemen, good firemen, and then there's just mediocre. Yeah. Well, so not everybody can be a great fireman. No. I believe that inherently. Just like not everybody can be a basketball player yeah. or a piano player or a singer or a writer, right? Like, this is a craft and this is a trade. And I, I, I'm a firm believer that not everybody can do this job as good as everybody else. There's definitely a skill that can be taught. But that skill gets to a certain point where that comes from within you to take it to the next level. And if you don't have it, you just don't have it, right? I mean, I don't know. It's as simple as that. So I think you can always become good just by learning, but you can't become great if you don't have it. Exactly. And by having it is what I mean, knowing where to fit in. Yeah. And not just fitting in in the firehouse. And that's part of it too. And that's also a problem. But knowing to fit in the fireground. Like I said, my analogy was, the mop bucket. Yeah. It's the same thing as like. Uh, it's a great analogy. You just it on the head. Just, just get that line in operation. And that makes a great fireman is that you see a line not charged pushing in the front door. They're you know, starting the line. And then you see another company starting the second line. Take those guys. Put that line down for a second. And help them get that line in operation. There's more lives to save with water in the fire. We all know that. It's common sense. Or don't go cut the roof because you want to be seen by everyone. Because you can get back to the firehouse and say, oh, what'd you do? Oh, I, I forced the door in the rear. What'd you do? I, I had the backup. What'd you do? Well, I cut a hole. Well, the fire was in the basement. 
Why'd you cut a hole? They just want to be seen because they don't know where to fit in. Good fireman can cut a good hole. Not a great fireman. He didn't know where to fit in. So there's a whole, it's all timing, you know? I think I, there I, was a guy from I D.C. and I, love that. Uh, I think he volunteered in Kentland, Joe Brown, and he had a, used to have a, they might still be there, he used to have a bunch of great um, helmet camera videos from the, the tiller box, but one of them um, he pointed out, and it was always, always stuck out with me, is that he, he pitched a ladder to go up to the roof, but he waited because the line was in the way, and then, like, he knew he had to get to the roof, but, like, there was an opportunity where the line just got stuck on something through no, no fault of anybody's, and he's sitting there like, hey, don't forget, like, this thing's important. Pick it up and help them if, it, if they need that second. Because most of the guys were, for, like, working their way in. And he, and he, right there on the video, he's like, here I am. I'm picking it up and I'm helping them out. And then that line started moving forward. And he went right back up and did, did his job. And it was a, it was a great example, you know. But, when, but you talk to other people and they're like, oh, he was just supposed to be doing this. But he understood that flow. Yeah. He understood where, where he fit in. And I, it was, you know, like I said, I, the checks of the video is still out there because it was pretty good. I tell but, the young guys now that come on. I said, if your dad made you a firefighter, I mean, if you're, I'm sorry, if your dad made you a man, I'll make you a fireman. And as easy as that. It takes it from you, though, to become a great one. And that's, and that's what you're talking about. It's just kind of knowing those little things and where to fit in and doing things like that. I love that. That's, that is a yeah. great way to sum it up because, I mean, you know, we're, we're going through a lot of differences. We, we talk about in the firehouse the disconnect that's happening more and more these days and you know, people getting discouraged and not uh, encouraged. Um, seems like there's less direction, more questions, less answers, more headbutting, more finger pointing. This us versus them bullshit that's going on, like all of that, right? And at the end of the day, like, I, I really think that we just need to um, toughen up, man up, and... Uh, you know, understand that, you know, we, we have a job to do. And part of that job is being into it and uh, being into it is incredibly important. So I get it, man. I get it. The, uh, the young firefighters that are coming on, like the word tactic tactics, you know, it kind of, kind of frightens people or they get nervous about it, but how do like, what's a good entry for them to come in and come out of that firefighter one IFSTA class you know, and then take that and kind of like put it to the side for a second and start looking at tactics. Obviously, they can come to your page and come to some of the other pages that are out there. But for the for those who are motivated, like, do you have any advice to them in order to start gaining the insight into those tactics and where to pick it up? I think it's something that we always touch on. Um, you guys touch on it often is about um, navigating the social media sites, because like I said, it's now mm -hmm. the senior man. Unfortunately, that's what it's become, but I think it's, I, I think it's a great thing. And I think the next generation coming on, the millennials or whatever you want to call them, I think they're the most well-rounded firefighters because of it. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's a few things. It's, 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 it's navigating that. I was never a conference guy. I've never been to a conference in my life. Mm -hmm. But I know there's a lot of conferences out there, and they offer the best of the best, speaking and the hands-on, all these hot training. Like, like I said, I've never done it, but uh, there's tremendous knowledge out there. And there's... You always talk about the rock stars, the guys that I looked up to. And some of them are still, I run in with those guys. They don't even know who I am. But I still look at them. I'm like, oh, man, that's that fucking guy, you know. But those guys are out there, and they're on the circuit doing the thing. Go see those guys because they're not going to be around forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I wish they were more in tune with the social media because those are the guys that influenced me. And they're still on the scene. They should be out there influencing the next generation. But I understand the generational thing, the social media thing. So, but they blazed the trail, and they and they and they did the right thing, the entire way. <laughs> and I understand they're trying to preserve what they've created, and rightfully so. And I would just hate to see young firefighters follow the wrong pages or whatever they are, the social media accounts, when those guys who, who blazed the trail are still out there doing it. Seek out those guys because they know what's going on. You know what's fantastic? I I love this conversation. Yeah, because this is this is one that I just I love having and. And I had the ability, I was talking to um, Mike Dugan, right? Retired 123 truck. I mean, just big guy, you know, good reputation, right? Loves the fire service. No bullshit. And, <laughs> awesome. and I, I, I said, you're part of the OG. You're, you're the guys that I, I then I said, do you know what that means? And, you know, <laughs> I had to explain what original gangster means, but. But I said, you're the OG, right? I said, when I was growing up and I read fire engineering cover to cover four times a month, right? 
I read that magazine cover to cover and then saved it, right? In case I ever wanted to go back and read a, read something, right? But I said, you you were the guys that blazed the trail for me that made me want to be you. Yeah. And I said, I said, we need to get your message out there. And you know what he said to me? He goes, we're not the OG. The OG came before me. Yeah. There were guys and senior men in my firehouse that were bigger, better, and always will be better than me. And he goes, and we learned from them. And so it's a generational thing, right? And I agree with you. I mean, there are, there's a cadre of guys that I think deserve an incredible amount of credit. These are the guys that I read their articles and watched their training minutes. Yeah, and, you and I both. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. and so, like, and they're still doing, and or they're retired, newly retired, or been retired for a little bit, but they're still teaching. That's great, but there has to be the next generation of guys that are coming up that are willing to share and spread their knowledge and nuggets with the next generation as well. And sitting here tonight, like, I like to think that we're finding them as we go because it's, it's a really hard, it's really hard for most people to comprehend the impact they have on the fire service. And, you know, truthfully, brother, like your page is making an impact. And, as weird as that sounds to you or, and I never believe that what we do matters or I just wanted to do this and drink some beers and tell some stories, you yeah, know, yeah. or hear some stories. But then all of a sudden we had this reality check of like, hey man, like people actually are listening and people actually value what you have to say and the people that you have on. So that takes on a very different role. And I think what we have to look at going forward is <clears throat> the guys that are willing to put their content out there and stand behind their content on social these days could potentially end up being the guys that have a lot to say down the road. You're molding and shaping and in, in you and many other guys that are putting out transparent and authentic content that's well thought out and well done. You guys, you guys have the ability to be the next OG to mold and shape these kids because these kids are looking up to you. And it's a, it's a, it's a huge one to swallow but at the end of the day, it's fact because you have to be where the attention is. And, and we talked about it earlier, right? Not every kid is reading a magazine anymore. I don't even read my magazines anymore. Yeah. You know, shame on me, but I don't. I don't see the value in it anymore when I can digest the content easily in other ways. And so because of that, we're hitting those younger generations and those younger generations are being influenced by the guys that are willing to put their content out on the pages that matter. And that is what's super cool because we're developing a group of guys right now on Instagram. I'm only talking about Instagram. The other face, I can't stand Facebook. Instagram guys that are putting out quality content that's transparent and willing to stand behind what they put out and talk about, they're going to win. And they're going to win hands over every time. Yeah. And my only advice for, for the young firefighter going back to the original question was, yeah. Yes, it's generational, and, and you can follow what accounts you that, that you identify with. Um, but please don't forget about those guys that are still doing it. Amen. The ones that yeah that yep. write the articles still. Read mm -hmm. the magazines, please. A lot of them are on podcasts. Find the podcast. Find those guys. Because they, that's the real deal, man. Like I said, I don't do fluff. I do tactics because I love it. I've been, I've been talking tactics my whole life. Um, but those guys, that's the real deal. So, I get it. And I agree, and I agree, but, but please understand too that what you're bringing is a valued service to the industry as well. Thank you. And don't downplay it because you're, you have the ability to educate and you have the ability through your experiences, knowledge of learning from the generation before you to now putting it out to the generation after you, you bring tremendous value as well. You're the don't, next step. Yeah. yeah. So please, please don't, I know it's like I said, I get it, but there is value in that and people look up to that. So, um, and with that, man, you know, keep plugging away. I love the content. I love the thought that you put behind it. Thank I was you. just scrolling while we were, while you were talking before, I was just scrolling through your page, just looking at some of the stuff and it's just, it's, it's well thought out and it's well done and bravo brother, because you're putting out and you're, you're really doing a service for the fire service and to find your way back in to want to get active and, and find that passion again. It's awesome, man. Thank you. Killing it, bro. Thanks, man. It's good stuff. It's a home run. So, there's that word. I'm still my shit, man. I just all right. Don't you have your own word? So listen, Mick. What didn't we hit? did we miss anything? We good here? Because like this has been yeah. I mean, this has been fantastic, brother. Thank it's been you fantastic. Very much for and I, I know it's not the easiest thing to come on here and just talk into a microphone. I mean, I, I just don't shut up. But you know, there's some guys <laughs> that you know they have a lot to say, but they 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 bring a lot with them 
And, uh, and, and you're one of those guys, man. I was so excited to have you in tonight. So it's great, Glad man. Thank yeah, you. good. Yeah. And thank you for sharing your story tonight, too, because um, it means the world to us. And like I said, it was one of those moments that I had. Uh, and I know, Rob, you felt the same way when we oh, talked yeah. about it. Yeah, and when you told yeah. me, I was just kind of amazed. Floor, it really yeah. was. So, oh, you know. It, so thanks, guys. Really thanks, pal. Thank I you. appreciate it. Right. So, listen, let's get out of here, man. Let's, uh, let's do a couple cold ones and enjoy the rest of the night. Guys, for Jeremy and Rob and Tucker and our guest, Mickey Farrell, thanks, brother. Yeah, thanks absolutely. for being here tonight. It was me. awesome. Good. Have a good night, everybody. Be Cheers. safe. Basketball Fire Radio.